Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode four of the Adams Mystery Playhouse podcast. Adams Mystery Playhouse is Colorado's only full-time mystery dinner theater. I am your co-host, Nick Guida, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, Marn Wills Quayar. And how are you doing today, Marn? Just great. Absolutely wonderful. Well, you know, I don't know if I told you the feedback we got on our last episode, uh, the one that featured Chris Halling, the number of emails I received. Really? How many emails did you receive? Well, they were all asking when Chris would be back. I got one from his parents, <laughs> one from his, his wife, and then three from Chris himself. If He was begging to please let me come back on. And pretty sure the last one had tear stains when he was writing it. So there you have it. That was a popular episode. <laughs> but who, Marn, is our guest today? Well, our guest today, Nick, is Olivia Donnell. And uh, she's a lot of fun. I've got a couple of funny stories about Olivia that I'd like to... First of all, how are you today, Olivia? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, something that Olivia and I share in our history. And Nick, I'm not even sure you know this, but Olivia and I were both debutantes. Did you know that, Nick? Not only did I not know it, I'm not sure I know what a debutante is. Oh, Nick. Oh, my God. Who brought this riffraff? <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? You have to explain what that means to me. Well, the debutante is at the top of the society and the town in which they live. Although I lived in Colorado Springs, which is small time compared to Olivia, who was a debutante in Denver. And you have to be chosen. And it's when you're presented to society. Uh, it's when you're 18, right, Olivia? Yeah. Right. 18 years old, and you wear a long white dress, and everyone looks gorgeous. And the cool part is you get to have two escorts plus your father. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn how to curtsy with your mm-hmm. head, with a book on your head. Yes, you must keep your, your look forward, and if, you, if the book drops off of your head, you've screwed up. You're not doing it right. Correct. Wow. And it's right, right foot forward, left foot swept behind, uh, holding the skirt. I'm actually pantomiming this as I'm telling it. I'm actually <laughs> holding my my pretend skirt, and then you go and then bend with the knees. Of course, my knees couldn't do that. Now, could yours? Alone? I can't do it. Definitely can't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't even pantomime it. This sort of sounds like an episode of the Patty Duke Show. <laughs> That's a lot of what it is. But yeah, when when I found Olivia out that Olivia was a debutante in Denver, I was like, well, I am impressed. And of course, it's a dinner dance also. So, you you know. Uh, where was it at? We had ours at Cherry Hills Country Club. Oh, but ours, ours was at the Broadmoor. Hmm. Well, I think you I think you've been one up, Olivia. <laughs> I think I have. <laughs> <laughs> That was long ago, wasn't it, Olivia? That was long ago. I hardly remember those days. <laughs> All right. What was the next story that you wanted to regale us with? Well, Olivia? my story, I'm going to let Olivia kick it off because I would like her to tell everyone how she first met you and I. Where, where were we? Well, you were in the, in the, back in the house, actually. Mm-hmm. We like to call that the first Lakewood office, if you don't mind. <laughs> You're back in the first Lakewood office, that's right. 
You know what happened to me? I was taking an acting class at the time, and I had some, um, a lot, at the beginning of the acting class, they would ask us uh, who had any auditions and who had any bookings, and nobody was auditioning anywhere. And so Tina Phillips was working with you guys then. And I said, do you think the Playhouse would uh, have somebody, have anybody else to audition? And she said, sure. I hate to interrupt you, except for that was way before the play. There was no Playhouse then. That was before. Well, the oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 I met well, with the play group, Playhouse. The play group, group. yeah. But weren't weren't we weren't we at the bed and breakfast then, Nick? By oh yeah, we were at the bed and breakfast. It was just it was before the Playhouse existed. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I called up and went to the house and auditioned, and that's that's all she wrote. I just think it's kind of hilarious that here we had an office in the basement of my house, and yeah, uh, and what a what a dorky thing when I think back on it. But of course, we did a lot of outside shows in those days. It's mainly what we did. Olivia, you're in real estate, or else maybe Barn knows what do they call the windows in the base? They have to pass a certain code. Egress. Egress. So Martin Martin had an egress, uh, well, still does, uh, but has this egress window. And this one person in particular, uh, we'll call him Charles K. When he would, when whenever he would come over to the, and he was the only one I know that ever did this, Martin, unless there were other people. Instead of ringing the front doorbell and coming down that way, he would go to the side of the house and he would come in through the egress window. Oh You're down the, wi- oh my gosh, down the window well. about that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh. Well, it's easy to get. I mean, it's a deep window well, and it's got French windows, so they open up. So it's a. But yeah, that was kind of like a Batman sort of entrance. Of course, that particular <laughs> that particular person does a heck of a uh, of an Elvis impersonator. He's he he's a good Elvis impersonator, and he lives in Las Vegas right now, and marries people in a little drive-through church. I got to tell you though, I I get a kick of, out of watching you on stage, Olivia. It's very rare that we're on stage together because we play we play the old lady parts, and uh, which is fun. I I this whole thing of old ladies and being kooky and characters up on stage. Uh, the um, Just watching how much fun you have on stage. I find it, I love when you have those pure moments that are just really, that you can't help but laugh. You know, you don't try to laugh or you don't act like you're laughing. It's just a funny moment. And uh, I find a lot of people funny, you know, and it's it's fun to laugh when you, when, uh, you can't help it. And it's always a trick to stay in character. That That's kind of a fine line, don't you think? It's like, okay, I'm laughing. It's genuine. I'm having fun. Uh, and But I got to... Yeah, let's get back to business. It's funny when people have... You know, like with Alex, when Alex gets up on stage, he always has kind of a gimmick. And um, so he had... I don't know if you were... If you saw it, Nick, one time... Or Marn. When he had that thing hooked up so that he would uh, sweat really... Sweat a lot... Oh yeah. Like underneath oh, yeah. his hat or something yeah, and yeah. he would start patting well this, the thing went undone and started going up in the air and all over the place. God, oh, yeah. this is just hilarious. It's oh, yeah. funny. So it's funny when stuff like that happens. And I think the audience gets a kick out of it too. And when they see the us 
cracking up. It's, it, you know, they enjoy it too. So. Oh yeah. He's one funny guy. And we're talking about Alex Crawford, who was a consummate professional, started on the river boats, I think in St. Louis at the age of 14 and was a, a staple up at Heritage Square Opera House forever. Uh, and so sad that that place closed. But when he did the uh, sweat thing, he was playing a priest in Murder at an Irish Wake. And just when he, the priest gets on the hot seat for possibly illegal betting in these horse races. And so Alex comes up with this thing where he's mopping his head. Um, but the other thing that I thought was so funny about him is uh, we do the costume parade. He's dressed as a priest. He finds yeah. this green hat that looks like a pimp, right? <laughs> and then he's doing this this strut across the stage. I told him, you should go down downtown and do that. One of my favorite uh, completely unscripted, this was, one, in my opinion, one of the funniest things that happened within the last year. We were doing a show called uh, Murder at Forbidden Cavern. And as Marn was saying, Marn and Olivia almost always play the same part. So consequently, they're never in, well, hardly ever in shows together. And so the the part in this show was, was a woman named Juanita, spelled <laughs> J-U-A-N-I-T-A. And you would imagine... Many people would be familiar with the name Juanita, and we and it was on a, it was on a clue, and we got this audience member to stand up and read the clue, and he pronounced it Juanita, <laughs> <laughs> and, Olivia, and Olivia did this like it was like probably the. Uh, the best timing ever this pod and and she goes it's pronounced Juanita and it, it brought the it brought the house down but it was it was the combination of the two it just wasn't the guy mispronouncing it it was your follow up to it who in the world is not familiar with the name Juanita <laughs> so uh Olivia what was the first show uh that you did with us um you know, I think the first show I did actually was Death for Dinner, and because I had auditioned, and you guys said it was okay for me to, you know, do some parts. But you, I think it it was over Christmas or something. And I'm a script. You guys all know I I like scripts. You know, I'm not I'm not I have pretty good timing, but my improv could be better. And well, we did Death for Dinner at the Lumber Baron, and I you just throw me up there and I was like, well, I, I need to have a, I need to have a script, you guys. <laughs> I need to know what I'm doing and who I'm doing it with and what my reaction is supposed to be. And it was just one of those things that we had to, had to uh, get done that night because it was a really busy season and it worked out, but that was the first show I ever did. And I was like, oh, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> But speaking of Death for Dinner, there was a part, and the part you played in that, Susan, mm -hmm. uh, without giving the whole plot away. At the very end, uh, Susan would get up this audience member to do a dance bit, and, and Olivia has to have the record for getting... <laughs> <laughs> getting people up to do the dance men it's always it's a man it's always a man but you have to have the the record of getting men up to dance with you who have mobility issues <laughs> and i don't know how many times you did that and i remember we were up at a casino one time i remember that one and i think you were trying to get this and the guy like couldn't i don't even think the guy could stand up no, he could, he, he could wave his arms. <laughs> yeah, and, and so that's what, and then, but she didn't realize it until she'd already picked him. And it was this really awkward moment. And I said, well, maybe we should just have him do, 
do the dance with his hands. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh, but you did that several times. You'd get, and then you'd, and then after the bit was over, you'd just be shaking your head. And I would say to you, I would say, you have to find out more about these people sooner. Well, I got one guy. I thought he was faking it, but he had sunglasses on. And I guess he really was <laughs> blind. <laughs> It was another one that was like, oh, Olivia, why do you do that? You thought he was, you thought he was faking it. Well, yeah. Jeez, Olivia. I know. All right. All right. So now we know that your your early uh, appearances uh, appearance uh, no. did because um, we kind of just like to ask people, well, not everyone the same questions, but do you have a favorite role? You know, I don't know. They all have are great in some respects. I always like Bernice because I kind of play her kind of dumb like a fox. <laughs> but I kind of got to like a little baby Jane Hagen. She's kind of she was kind of over the top, and I kind of like that over the top thing. I love that yeah. show. Yeah, and you and I both play baby Jane Hagen. I think we approach it differently. Actually, I don't really know. Do we, Nick? Because I didn't get to see a lot of the baby Janes. No, you do. You Olivia you did. do. You both, which I actually like. Um, and you do indeed play the part different, but differently or whatever. However, but the but but the difference. You you're both true to the character. You just approach it in a different way. It's when somebody plays a character that's like, well, the, that's not the character. But you do take you do both take different approaches to to that particular character, and they and they both work really well. And I like that because I I think all of the performers it gives it it's kind of a thing of where this is this is my thing. I do it this way. But I like I like when people approach the characters differently because you know again that's that's their way of doing it. I would also join hop on that bandwagon of loving that show as well. I I just had a ball doing that show. Oh yeah. And you know what's funny in this uh staying at home sequestering thing that we're doing now. We cook a big meal every day at one o'clock, my daughter and I, and uh, that's our big thing. So we're looking up a lot of recipes, and I cannot say that word without saying somebody got into my recipe box and stole my recipe. <laughs> recipe. <laughs> I just can't. Oh, how funny. The show we're talking about, folks, is a made-for-TV holiday homicide, and we will probably be doing that again this December. And it's kind of a takeoff of a Hallmark Christmas holiday movie. And, uh, and yeah, so that's what we're talking about. Just backing up briefly, uh, because we have to get in our plugs here when we can. The, uh, the um, character, the other character Olivia mentioned is Bernice. And this summer, we're doing, uh, we're changing this summer, which we've never done before uh, quite like this. We're doing a different show each month, June, July, and August, and they're all of, the, of, a, of a similar theme. They're different shows, but they're like sort of a Hawaiian luau theme. And the thing that's interesting, and it kind of started really by accident, but kind of turned into a thing with these shows, it has a recurring character through all the shows, and that character is Bernice. And, and August is the Bernice murders, where there's actually three Bernices, but we thought we'd uh, not go into too much detail on that one because we're hoping uh, in the coming weeks to have all three 
uh, Bernice's on a future podcast. What do you think of that, Olivia? Oh, that would be great. Well, one of the another reason why I like the show too is that is a show that we get to. Uh, Marn and I do get to act together or be in it together with another gal. That's fun too. So it's a really fun. It's fun for us to all act together when we don't get to do it very often. So mm-hmm. I, I think it, it's fun. Marn has you. You have a different approach to acting than I do, but you have the funniest expressions. Like it's just you can't help but crack up when you have a particular expression. It's just funny. So well, thank you. Uh, I I think that's a compliment, and I appreciate that. It, it is a compliment, kind of. <laughs> you know, another one that has a lot of old lady humor in it. That's that I enjoy watching because I'm never in it is red hot murder. All you, all of you dressed up in those fancy gowns with those. And honestly, Olivia, you look like with that big hat that you have on, you look like a centurion, you know? uh, Oh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then with that black wig and oh my God, you know, just the costuming of that whole thing is hilarious. But old lady humor, yeah. I'm telling you, that's the thing. It's it's they get you. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> very popular. <laughs> it sounds very flattering. Yeah, I look like a centurion with old lady <laughs> <I know>. humor. <laughs> I know. Where where do you come up with these, Marn? <laughs> no, I just Olivia. Just... I've just been wanting to tell you this for years now. <laughs> yeah, really. I take every, I... every nice thing I said about you back. <laughs> <laughs> when, Whenever I look at you, I always think of Spartacus. But anyway. (laughs) Well, anyway, I think uh, uh, unless anyone has anything else they would like to add that's more complimentary. (laughs) Yeah, really. Nope. I don't have anything other than it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, good. It was good to have you uh, uh, with us uh, today, Olivia. But we're going to move on now to our next segment. Let's start with the solution to last episode's mini-mystery, Death in the Office. Why was the professor sure that it was a suicide? Well, if you recall, Professor Fordney stated he, Gifford, telephoned me a few minutes ago and said he'd been shot. Well, Gifford could not have been shot at the time he called Fordney, as he was found with a bullet through his heart. Hmm... The professor's theory was that Gifford wanted his death to appear uh, as a murder in order to protect his heavy insurance. So there you have it. And now let's move on to this episode's mystery 1015. Now this mystery calls for four voices. So we brought in our old friend, Rob Scott. How are you today, Rob? I'm doing well, thank you. All right, very good. Now in this story, the characters are as follows. Marn is the narrator, Olivia the secretary, Rob is Waters, and I will be Professor Fordney. So here we go with 10.15. Professor Fordney glanced at his desk clock as he picked up the receiver. 10.15. Hello. Came the agitated voice at the other end. This is Waters. Could you come over right away? Something's just happened I'd like to discuss with you. I'd appreciate it. Well, it's it's a bit late, but if it's important, I'll be round. 
Goodbye. Twenty minutes later, Fordney was met at the door by Waters' secretary, who was almost incoherent in her excitement. He's dead, Professor, dead! There, in the library! Fordney hurried to the room and found Waters slumped over his desk with his throat cut. He noted the position of the body, the open window, and the cigar ash on the rug about six feet from Waters' chair. Well, tell me what happened. I came in about an hour ago, Professor, and went straight upstairs to do some work. Twenty-five minutes ago, I came down and heard him talking to you as I passed the library on my way to the pantry for a sandwich. I was there about twenty man- minutes, I imagine. I, I and as I as I I came back through the hall, I I happened to look in here, and, and there he was. I can't imagine who did it or or how it happened. Well, my, may I offer you a, a snifter of brandy? Thank you, Professor. It will steady my nerves. And now suppose you tell me the real truth of this affair. So there you have it. Why did Professor Fordney doubt Waters' secretary? Well, I think that will wrap it up for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode with our special guest, Olivia Darnell, and a special guest appearance by Rob Scott. Thanks a lot, everyone, for joining us. Marn, Rob, Olivia. Thank you. Thank it's you. been fun. Toodaloo. And don't forget to join us for our next podcast from Adam's Mystery Playhouse.